0: I'm your host, Lee W. Johnson, and welcome to my podcast, where I talk about all things related to magic, witchcraft, demonolatry, and a whole load of other related things. If you would like to find out more about me, get in touch with me, or hire me for a service, please go to my website, leewjohnson.com, or check out my link tree in the description of this podcast. Welcome back, it's the new month and therefore we are doing the Paths series. And today I'm going to have a look, or should I rather say, attempt to try and explain traditional witchcraft. Um, and I say attempt because this is probably it's one of the most difficult um, paths to try and explain and describe because it is so diverse. Um, even before, uh, you know, more uh, modern branches of what we could call traditional witchcraft came about, traditional witchcraft itself um, is a very, well, let's, let's put it this way, I mean, we, we use terms such as a crooked path and the nameless art. Uh, the nameless art is something which just cannot be defined or described. So, you know, that kind of says most of it. Um, the crooked path is one that winds and twists uh, as opposed to the straight and narrow track. Um, so if you we refer to the straight and narrow track, it's that, sh- that path which just leads straight from one point to the next. It's well defined. It's, um, you know, you're given a particular dogma which you follow and you, you stick to the rules and you continue along this straight and narrow track or path. Whereas the crooked path winds, it goes backwards and forwards, like a snake, like a serpent. Um, And what happens is, as you are venturing down the crooked path, you come to certain areas where you pause and you stop. And then you track your, your next journey, where you want to go to next. And you know, it can take you in various, various different directions. So to try and narrow uh traditional witchcraft down into a single description or um, interpretation is well i'd I'd actually say impossible so you know all i can do is give you um a starting point a guidance um to where to go so i'm going to uh, there's a lot of authors that i'm going to recommend um within this this particular um explanation of a path. So when we are looking at traditional witchcraft, uh, it is different to Wicca. The two do do overlap a lot. Um, You know, after Gardner created the path of Wicca, um, along came Robert Cochrane who created craft, and it was very much uh, in opposition to Gardner himself. Um, and wicker. Um, it was Robert Cochrane who actually um, coined the term gardenarian, um and it was originally meant as an insult. Um, but, you know, Robert Cochrane came along and this was really the, the birthing of modern traditional witchcraft. And when we say traditional, um, we are looking at a A lot of reclaiming, of uh, reviving um, certain practices. So there is a, a large emphasis on contacting the ancestors in reclaiming memory. Of um, how our ancestors would have done particular things, particular rituals, particular workings, particular um, you know how they would have viewed uh, particular philosophies and um, things like how they connect with the land, how they work with the land and the spirits of the land and things like that. Um, So there is a large emphasis on the ancestral um, rites, on tapping the bone which is reviving that memory of the ancestors. There's also a large emphasis on working with the land. Now, this can get quite involved in that, you know, it's not just about recognition of the seasons and how things change around you. And as you move from one land to a different land, those changes are gonna be completely different. So, you know, some, a lot of traditional witches won't even fit or fix to the Sabbaths and the equinoxes and solstices. A lot will. They will continue recognizing those but what you'll find is a lot will break away from that and they will rather um, fit in with seasonal changes which are very particular to the land they are situated in. And that may um, incorporate certain hurricane seasons, um, uh, you know, when the snow starts to fall uh, and such things. So, you know, there are all these changes that happen within the land, but it's not just that. It goes deeper. It works with the spirits of the land. It's communication with the spirits of the land. Um, And it's not necessarily that you are on a particular land where a particular tradition (laughs) um maybe um um or organic or, or indigenous to that land it's it's very much about connecting with the actual land that you are situated on and if you are um resituated if like myself for instance i was born in england uh, in coventry and when i was almost 11 my parents moved to south africa so i now live in south africa i've lived here for uh, how many years is it now, 40, I don't know, I forget, 42 I think, um, So <laughs> I forget how long I've been here, it's been so long, um, but this is where I live now, and therefore I connect with the land that I am in, and it's not just the land of South Africa, it is the land of four ways, where I am particularly am. It's no good me trying to connect with the land of Cape Town, because the the seasons are different, well not the seasons themselves, as in the larger seasons, but the the changes within the seasons are different. Um, In Cape Town it's raining during the winter, in Johannesburg where I am it's raining during the summer, so completely different um, climatic changes. So, you know, it's no good me trying to connect with Cape Town, which is also in South Africa. I have to connect with Johannesburg four ways, where I am. And that is, that is about recognizing the changes within the land um, and the, the spirits within the land. So, you know, you get very, very deep into what the land actually means to you. and. Getting even even more intimate, even closer, is that I live in a flat. I don't have a garden of my own, so I cannot go into my garden and sit and, and connect with the spirits there. I have to go to a park. Um, there are no forests nearby, so I can't go to a forest. It literally is going to a public park, where that's where I have to connect with the land. That get, gets somewhat difficult because in a lot of situations, the land spirits, the, the spirits of the land... Um, have been pushed out of certain areas. But they're still there. You can connect with them. You can connect with the spirits of the land which are local to you, uh, which you may not even have considered. You know, it's not just about nature as in greenery and trees and things like that. Your landscape is what's around you. Um, You know, I when I was uh, in college, I did a a course in photography. And one of the things that... I learned there was that when we think of landscape it's not just a pretty landscape of rolling hills or a forest or you know trees or something like that a landscape can be a uh, an abandoned building um, that is your landscape so you know try and get closer to home is what I'm trying to say um, and use what you have available to you and allow that to actually allow you to connect to the land itself. So there is a lot, that there's a strong connection or strong emphasis on ancestral work because of reviving memory um, from the ancestors and there's also a strong uh, emphasis on the land itself. Now when we get to practices, particular practices, there is, there are some commonalities, Uh, we don't, you know, traditional witches don't talk about casting a circle, they talk about laying the compass, because laying the compass is putting yourself into a space which you can shift and turn, and by doing so you can access different mythical lands, Um, you know, moving into the underworld and moving into these, these alternate realities and these um, lands where which are beyond the physical um, they are the the underworld they are under the skin of things um, so you know we do traditional witches do uh, bring the energy into their space depending on the work they're doing maybe it's the creation of a an amulet or charm or, or, or a servitor or something so they will bring the en- energy into their spaces but there is more of the moving into the lands of the ancestors, moving into the lands of the gods and the spirits themselves, rather than bring them here, which is more of an, you know, bringing the the spirits and the energies into your space is more of an emphasis of ceremonial magic, which then can relate a lot to um, Wicca, especially Neo Wicca, um, Pop Wicca, uh, Wiccan esque, you know. All these terms we used to use for uh, wicker, which is not initiatory wicker. Um, let's put it that way. Um, so, you know, there are all these practices. The tools are slightly different. They are the same, but slightly different. You know, instead of a staff or a, a walking stick, we use a walking stick, but um, you have a stang, for instance, which is not found in ceremonial, magical wicker usually. Um, We have the ritual dagger and the athame, uh, the cauldron um, which can overlap with the chalice of Wicca. Um, So we have similar tools and items, um, some slight changes and differences here. Um, The hearthstone and the skull, uh, the skull and the crossbones are are very important parts of traditional witchcraft uh, where they are not as important in other forms of witchcraft um you know but the the difficulty is that w- traditional witchcraft is so varied and so diverse um it is part of the witchcraft umbrella um but it it should it does and it should get a bit more specific but i think it's bleeding over more and more and more into neo paganism um in fact um uh wikipedia actually lists traditional witchcraft under neo pagan witchcraft now um, and I can understand why. I mean, it's neo-pagan. It's it's um, it's new paganism. Um, I mean, only really modern traditional witchcraft only really developed from Cochrane. Um, you know, the the practices themselves do extend back further because of the the revival of memory of the ancestors. Um, so there's all, all these overlaps, mushy, squishy, uh, fuzzy uh, lines between all things. Um, but when it comes to tra- traditional witchcraft, there are, there are some very specific, common practices that all traditional witches will practice, laying the compass for instance, plowing the bloody field. Um, uh, you know, all these practices are very common, very similar, but at the same time, every single traditional witch will practice differently. Um, you'll probably find their worldview is different. Um, you know, it, maybe similar on a broad basis but when you really get down to the nitty-gritty of things there are some differences here and there Um, because you ask three traditional witches uh, to define traditional witchcraft and you'll get five different answers. Um, So everybody practices differently and I do recall um, in a group somebody asked a question are there any books out there on traditional witchcraft that really get into the, you know, the the mysteries, how to experience the mysteries, the rituals that really connect you with the ancestors and the deities and things like that. And the response was very good, um, but very confusing. There, there really aren't. Um, what you'll find with books um, on traditional witchcraft is that they will cover... The, the the basics how to get you into get you moving in in that particular direction so it will cover the various gods and the goddesses it will cover the various land spirits and the spirits of the whites the land whites and the house the house spirits and all of these different Types of spirits, the fae, and such things. And it'll go get you into particular rituals like um, uh, laying the compass, ploughing the bloody field. Um, it'll get you started with the tools that you need: the 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 athame, the, the cauldron, the, the whetstone, the um, stang, etc., etc., etc. It'll get you started in all of these things, and it'll get you moving down the road. But there's a point that you get to where words just fail um people who have experienced mysteries can talk about them uh, with other people who have experienced mysteries but if they try to talk about the mysteries with somebody who hasn't experienced them, it gets very difficult to explain. Um, you know you can get a basic understanding but the only way you can actually know is to experience and therefore traditional witchcraft is a very very experiential path. Um, it's not one that you can just sit, read, and understand. Um, it's one that you have to actually work, and you have to, you have to, do it, and you have to experience it. Um, it's really the only way to understand traditional witchcraft is to experience it. Um, so let's get on to some authors. There's a lot of authors uh all right so some authors that have cropped up uh peter padden probably the best one peter padden was he was one of the 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 most incredible people i ever got to know um personally um peter padden wrote the um, grimoire for modern cunning folk um he also created a podcast which is unfortunately unavailable now um, I have done extensive searching um, but can't find the original podcasts um, it was called the Crooked Path but there is still a book which is being published through Pendrake Publishing which was Peter's um, publishing company um, which is the, the Crooked Path podcast transcripts um, it's not all of them at some of them, and they were absolutely fantastic. Um, a more recent author is Roger J. Horn, who is excellent. I did do a review of one of his books, um, thirteen. Uh, I've forgotten the title now. Uh, can't remember the title, but go and have a look back in the. Uh, go and have a look at the the playlist for the book reviews. Uh, you'll find Roger J. Horn in there. Um, Call of the Horn Piper was excellent. It's Nigel Jackson. Nigel Jackson is a great, great traditional witchcraft author. Unfortunately, I did check Call of the Horn Piper is now $250. Um, you know, a lot of these old books are out of print. And they were often originally um, published by Mandrake Press and Capel Ban, who um, have gone out of business and therefore very difficult to get your hands on now. Sacred Magic, Sacred Dance is excellent. Gemma Garry's work, um, brilliant, largely from a Cornish um, uh, traditional witch or cunning folk perspective. Um, So if you do want to consider something regional, because this is the other thing with traditional witchcraft, what you'll find is there's a lot of uh, regional practices. because we are connecting with the land that we are on. Therefore, um, when you do get into the land itself, you'll find that there are particular spirits tied to that land, and you end up working with those spirits. So a lot of traditional witchcraft gets very regional. Um, so Gamma Gary is very much focused on the Cornish. Um, she is, I think, as far as I know, she is from Cornwall. Um, I'm sure she is. Um, as well, she wouldn't be writing about Cornish witchcraft. Um, but yeah, so Gam- Gamma Garrus is very good if you do want to get quite regional um, and kind of understand traditional witchcraft on that regional type of basis. Um, let's see, Jan Fries is great, Um wrote Halruna and uh, Seasways, um, brilliant books. Robin Artisan he was where robin robin actually is the one that got me started on traditional witchcraft itself um the first thing i ever read on traditional witchcraft was the meadows of alfheim which is a website and what robin had done he'd taken pieces from different traditional witchcraft authors and he had created like an adventure story so you start on the path and you move, you walk down the path. You get to the cottage, and you meet um, the various the, the character within the cottage, and that, that character teaches you things. Then you can go to the Standing Stones or um, the Fairy Mound. Or, you know, There's all these different areas, so you choose where you want to go to next. You meet all these different characters who de- teach you different things about traditional witchcraft. Um, brilliant site. It did go down. I did bring it back. It's on my website. So go to Lee w. Johnson, oh, Sorry, yeah, lewjohnson.com and look in the menu for Meadows of Alfheim and go through that. That, that was my introduction and it, I loved it um it is brilliant it really is uh trading the mill by nigel g pearson is excellent brilliant um but what you might find is a good idea if you go onto amazon and i'll put links in the description they will they are affiliate affiliate links so if you do go follow one of the links and you go buy something from amazon i will get a commission which is greatly appreciated thank you um, so I do encourage people to use the affiliate links but if you go on to Amazon um, or you can go to Pendrake publishing directly you'll also find these in um, some of them not all of them I don't think you'll find some of them on um, unscribed uh, because they are on Smashwords as digital um, format but the, you know these are it's little it, it's uh, journals little magazines that they brought out that Peter brought out and it's a variety of different authors um, you know, when many years ago I was I started a publish comp- a self-publishing company here in South Africa and um, I was uh, publishing for or printing sorry not publishing printing for um, Peter. Um, trying to bring the books to South Africa. At the time, there wasn't much of a demand, so it kind of all fell apart. Um, but, you know, these were some of the, the journals that I got um, when that was happening. So, what you'll find is there are ooh, lots of light. There are different authors um, within within each one. Let me just try and get to. right here we go. So there's articles and authors um, in each one and therefore what you can do is you can go through these and get a, a great understanding of, of different practices and different philosophies and ideas within traditional witchcraft and pick out the authors and go and chase those authors down um, and you know uh, get a better understanding. So I'm just going to read some authors here which um, come up on these covers. Anne Finn and Peter Padden, R.J. Thompson, Radimir Aristic uh, Raven Womack. Um, this is an, another one. Lovely cover as well. Uh, Robin Artson again. Veronica Kummer, uh, Eric, Eric De Vries, uh, Stephen Posh, uh, R.J. Thompson, Raven Womack, um, MV or Mike Rag. Uh, I think now now's going to start repeating. Christine K and those are all the same uh cherry button i actually don't recall cherry button or Prinny miller let's just see what they wrote in here there's also grace victoria swan who wrote an article called northern new mexico Um, you'll also find that traditional witchcraft doesn't just stick to european um, ideologies um, you know There is a, a great emphasis on traditional witchcraft and reviving memory of ancestors from different countries also. Uh, so we can look at different uh, areas. Uh, Cherry Button wrote an article about Baltane and about Celtic Witch and the Golden Hecate, or sorry, the Goddess Hecate. I should actually reread these. It's been many, many years since I read these. I'm definitely going to reread these again. All right. Um, so that should give you a good idea. Um, hopefully, as I said, traditional witchcraft is probably impossible to actually define and put in a box. Um, but I should give you an idea, good good starting point. Let's put it that way. And one of my favourite paths, um, you know, traditional witchcraft, is kind of your your um, getting your hands dirty type of witchcraft. Um, It's really digging in the earth and digging in the ground, Um, it's not that clean, sterile type of work that you find with a lot of ceremonial magic and things like that. Um, It really is getting down and dirty. Um, So I think, and I I do think a lot of what has um, ventured down into the left-hand path type of practices, did originate somewhere within traditional witchcraft because, um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of basis for Luciferianism in traditional witchcraft um, there are a lot of factions within traditional witchcraft that venture into the aspects of Tubal Cain um, like Robert Cochran did himself, um, you know, there's the the clan of Tubal Cain which came out of that um, so there's a lot of a lot of people give emphasis to the Rigori, uh, the Watchers. Um, so, you know, there's, there's emphasis on spirits like Azazel, um, Shemyaza, Lucifer being the light bringer and the light bearer. Um, so there's a lot of aspects within traditional witchcraft that I think kind of bled over into left hand path practices and it got taken in a slightly different direction. Um, and but there's a lot of overlap, tons of overlap between the two, um, specifically Luciferianism and either, I would even say demonolatry itself. Um, you know the areas of focus are, the, the areas of focus as in uh, land-based are very diverse, very different, um, but you know we can bring in Hermeticism in, into traditional witchcraft also. A lot of, of the stuff that we find came out of and developed um, within the european basis you know did find its way out of freemasonry and there's a lot of you know there's a great influence of hermeticism within freemasonry so that all came from the e- egyptian middle eastern area anyway so lots and lots of fuzzy lines unfortunately so all very difficult to put into boxes anyway I'm going to leave that there and hopefully that made some sense and will give you some direction and a starting point. Okay. Cheers for now. Bye-bye. This podcast was brought to you by, well, myself, Lee W. Johnson. To find out more about me, please visit my website at leewjohnson.com or check out my link tree in the description of this podcast. If you like the video format, then subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's me for this week. Hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for listening.